And we're back. Welcome to Gilead. I'm Rebecca Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so glad you found us. We've taken some time off for the holidays and also because we forgot to record some sermons, but here we are back in your feed and glad to be in your ears. Our sermon series this early February has been Key Change, stories of leveling up, hitting the high notes, and making significant shifts. So here, preaching on that theme from Sunday, February 12th, it's my co-pastor and yours, uh, mostly mine, Vince Hamlin. Sometimes an album becomes the perfect soundtrack for a season of your life. I was on a choir trip to New York in 1994, as some of you call it, preschool. (laughs) And our tour bus (laughs) pulled up to the Tower Records on Lower Broadway, and the 60 of us disembarked for like a half an hour of browsing. In hindsight, we must have been like running early for wherever we were supposed to be next. But that decision to kill some time in that store became a turning point in my 14th year of life. When it was finally time to leave for our next destination, I stepped back onto the bus, the new owner of Nirvana's third and final album, In Utero, on cassette. That's why I'm holding it like this. (laughs) I don't remember for certain what cassette I popped out of my Walkman to make room for that new purchase, but I know there were some likely options. It could have been Mariah Carey's sophomore release, Emotions, from a few years before, or the soundtrack of one of the hit movies of 1992, The Bodyguard. (laughs) But most likely, it was the album that had been my personality for the two years before, Boys to Men's Cooley High Harmony. Changing out the tight harmonies of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday for the raspy vocals and raw guitar strings of all apologies felt like a moment that marked a change in me, or maybe more accurately, like capped off a long change that had been building. I had ended sixth grade in like a purple silk shirt singing that key change from I Will Always Love You. And over the course of seventh grade, I had switched to a ratty gray cardigan that I inherited from my grandfather and the ironic distance of songs like Dumb and Penny Royalty. From the heart on the sleeve emotions of Mariah to an album that Cobain in one interview said was very impersonal. Yeah, bullshit. Actually, it may have been John Steinbeck who started it, and this is the weird part of this sermon where I describe the plot of a novella by John Steinbeck. The the Pearl was a book that I pulled off the cart uh, from which we were allowed to choose our, like, book reports in seventh grade, and it instantly became my favorite book. It's the story of a poor pearl diver whose son is stung by a scorpion, And the boy is going to die, and his father goes and dives and looks for a pearl that will give him enough money to get him the treatment he needs. And to his excitement, he finds it. He finds this massive pearl, this huge gem that will bring in a life-changing, life-saving amount of money. And from that moment, everyone he meets conspires to get it away from him. 
and eventually in this final altercation with these men who have been trying to rob him, his son is killed and he throws the pearl back into the ocean, which I am only now connecting, I'm saying right after we sang, my heart will go on. <laughs> I don't know if that book is where I learned the lesson or just had it confirmed that I should be suspicious of anything that seems good, that I should be suspicious simply because something seems good. The fact that people like something or want something, that's a good enough reason to avoid it. Just the fact that something was popular was enough to know it probably wasn't for me. So it made sense to turn away from pop music, to call myself alternative to leave behind all those tight harmonies and catchy hooks, those uplifting key changes, all that cheesy, kitschy, corny shit. It was made for anyone and everyone. It was made for the masses, and how could it be good if they liked it? John 3.16 is like the key change of scriptures. Cheesy, uplifting, popular as hell. Thus, I have always ignored it. Like, or really actively disdained it, sneered at it, knowing like I was too good for it, right? You're too, you're too good for John 3.16. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like you believe it, just based on your reactions, but it's true. If it's the kind of thing that someone would like put up on a billboard, like I basically already knew it's not for me until this week. Like, generally, I'm into alternative Christianity. Like, progressives have our own hits. Micah 6-8, anyone? What does the Lord require of you to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with your God? It's like, our smells like teen spirit. <laughs> but also, like, I'm the asshole who points out how played out that is and only listens to bands like you've never heard of. So John 3.16, it's like, what do I look like? Someone who owns the cassette to the soundtrack of The Bodyguard? <laughs> but this week, I read it again. And actually, it's not that bad. <laughs> Alexis seems to agree. <laughs> you know, with like the requisite regendering and everything. Like, for God so loved the world that God gave their only child so that everyone who believes may not perish but may have eternal life. God loves the world a lot, enough to send their kid into it. And unlike a lot of interpretation of this scripture, it doesn't say God sent their kid into the world to die, but to bring life and to bring it, in fact, to everyone, explicitly everyone. Yes, it says everyone who believes, but that's just another way of saying like everyone who wants it, whoever decides it's for them. There's none of the judgment that I've always thought was in this scripture. In fact, the next line says, God didn't send their child into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through them would be saved. Despite what I assumed from the fact that it appears on so many billboards, it's actually kind of good news <laughs> for everyone, or at least anyone, anyone who wants it, who will trust it, who can let it in. And I told myself I wasn't going to mention Nicodemus, the person that Jesus says this to, because I just preached about him last May, and it's not like I've preached about everyone else in the Bible in the last nine months. So do we really need another Nicodemus sermon for me already? 
But I've had this mysterious note. Say, I'm I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> I've had this mysterious note on my phone since July. Sometimes I write myself notes to like, if I have a sermon idea or an idea of like a devotion that I should write uh, in the future so that when I'm stuck for an idea, I know what I wanna say. And in July, I wrote myself the following. Devo, Nicodemus pretends to be confused about what Jesus is saying. And I've read that several times this year since I wrote it when I've been trying to figure out what to do for a devotion, and every time I read it, I don't know what the fuck that means <laughs> or why I thought I should write a devotion about it until this week. And yes, now I'm just going to straight up preach about Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night when the crowds are gone. Jesus is his guilty pleasure. The cassette, he secretly pops back into his Walkman to hear Motown Philly play one more time even though he's actually too cool for it. Because in a way, he can't admit he thinks it's actually really good. And Jesus tells him, it is really good. The things I'm saying, they're really fucking good. For you, Nicodemus, for everyone, for you, if you just let yourself believe it. You've, you've got to be born again, Jesus tells him. Shake off this cynicism and let yourself believe it. Quit with this dreary fucking sad sack act. You do not have to walk on your knees for 100 miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Let yourself read Mary Oliver, Nicodemus. Who cares if it's cheesy? Love what you love. Let go of this ironic distance, deciding that things are bad precisely because they seem good, because they call something forth in you. Let them be good. Let them be good for you. Sing the key change. Feel the joy. Get up and dance. And Nicodemus pretends to be confused by what Jesus is saying. This very smart man. How can someone be born again? Do you want me to go back into my mom's womb and come out again? And Jesus says, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know what I'm saying? Bullshit. You're just scared of getting your hopes up, of looking stupid, of believing that love and life and healing are possible for you. But they are for everyone, for anyone just let yourself trust it. Sometimes a song can change you in a moment. It was October 15th, 2017. It was one week before Adam started as our music director. And we had just started singing pop music as a church, something we never planned on doing, the kind of music I didn't listen to, though I knew all the words, it turned out. <laughs> The kind of music that you kind of can't help knowing all the words because it's everywhere, because it's popular. But nothing I wanted to like sing along to. We were at Redline Tap, getting ready for worship, running through the songs for that night, one of which was unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. It would be better if it were a song with a key change, but really that whole song is like one big fucking key change. <laughs> Cheesy as hell. Nothing I would ever listen to, though I found I already knew it by heart. 
And then for one verse, in a moment of weakness, I let myself believe those words were for me. I let myself feel the joy of that cheesy, rising melody. Let myself feel the hope of the blank page before me. And yes, I lifted up the dirty window and let the sun illuminate the words that I could not find. And fucking tears started streaming down my cheeks as we rehearsed. And I sang that played out pop song wholeheartedly, believing that life and love and healing were possible even for me, the pearl of great price, life-changing, life-saving goodness for me. And I popped out the cassette I had been playing for so long, and the soundtrack of my life changed. 